Kunisti, how are ye? My name is Sarika and I'm the co-founder of Candlelit Tales. We tell stories from Irish mythology to original music. We're coming at you now from isolation, with more podcasts than ever before. In this episode you'll be hearing the story of the Lad of the Skins, another tale of the Fianna. Myself and my brother Aaron will be having a discussion about this story on a live stream this Saturday. We're going to talk about what it means to us and we invite you to join in, chip in with your questions, your observations and your responses. So check out our social media for details about that. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at candlelittales. And for videos, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts and iTunes as well. Liking and subscribing to our channels really helps us grow and get these stories out to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or you can make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. Now, settle in for a story. The Lad of the Skins From time to time, strange people would turn up at the doorstep of Fionn Maku, and Fionn usually welcomed this, because to him, anyone who came was bringing with them their own story, their own adventure. And sometimes that meant it would lead him to an adventure, the likes of which he'd never otherwise consider. But the couple who came to Almuin on this particular day, well, they were particularly strange. It wasn't that they were anyway odd-looking, quite the contrary, in fact. Both were tall and both were handsome and both were well-formed, but they held themselves as if they were trying to hide from the world. And they dressed themselves in the oddest way he had ever seen. They weren't dressed in finery, the way wealthy people would be. Nor were they dressed in rags, the way a poor couple might be expected to be. Instead, they had tied to them animal skins. Very fine animal skins. And if they were to be made into cloaks, it would be very fine cloaks would be made out of them. But they were not. They were just tied around them in the most rudimentary kind of clothing. And the young man of this couple, he went to Fionn McCool and stood before him and asked if he could be taken into his service for a year so that he and his wife would be under the protection of Fionn and the Fianna. And seeing how odd the two of them were, 
but seeing also from the looks that passed between them that this was a young couple very much in love, Fionn thought to himself that there was a story here. And so he agreed, and he took the young man into his service. But when he asked for a name, none was given. And so he took to calling him the Lad of the Skins. The next day, the Fianna made ready for a hunt. But Fionn noticed that the Lad of the Skins and his wife were having an urgent conversation in whispers off to the side. And the lad came up to him, wringing his hands, and he asked Fionn, would it be possible for me to go hunting in the one part of Ireland while you and the Fianna go hunting in another part of Ireland and ye don't look at me? And Fionn, in the spirit of curiosity, said, yes. What part of Ireland would you like, lad of the skin? And the lad of the skins, with a great sigh of relief, said, oh, I want the lowlands and the boggy places, everywhere that's wet and marshy and has a river in it, and let ye have the highlands and the forests. And Fionn said, Right, grand so. And he set off with the Fianna, hunting. But he kept them out of the bogs and the lowlands, to the highlands of Ireland. And when they came back at the end of the day, they'd done very well. Or so they thought, until they saw the lad at the skins. And somehow, that lad, on his own, had hunted more game than the whole of the Fianna put together. And his wife was looking at him with a look that mingled pride with exasperation, as if she didn't know whether to roll her eyes or kiss him. At the feast that night, Conan Muel McMorna, he took Fionn aside to speak to him. He said, Fionn, look, I know this lad has recently pledged his service to you. But we can all see he's no servant. He's some great champion, some warrior, some creature of the other world, maybe. And the only possible reason he can have for pretending to be a servant is to get close to you and do some treachery upon you and all of us. So send him away now, before he brings about our doom. And Fionn considered his words. And he said, Conan Muel, you're right, but you're not right about everything. It's true there's more to this young couple than meets the eye. It's true there's more to their story than that of simple servants come to look for a new position. But that's not enough to say that he means us harm. 
And that's not enough to say that he means us treachery. He could be here in service of the Fianna for any number of reasons. But the more Fionn thought about it, the more he realised that Conan Whale did have a point. He did not know this young man's intentions. And he knew that to ask him outright would only be to invite him to lie. And so he decided to send him away on a quest that would test him and test his loyalties. He called the lad of the skins before him and he said, I want you to go and fetch for me the cauldron of plenty owned by the king of the floods. And the lad looked at him and said, I'll go, but I'm only going because you told me to. And Fionn watched him walk to the shore where the lad of the skins took two sticks and struck them together. And where there had been two sticks, there was now a boat. And the lad of the skins jumped into the boat and it went where he willed it. And he willed it to go across the waves to the house of the king of the floods. When the lad of the skins got to the land of the king of the floods, he saw there on the beach dozens and dozens of ships all assembled for a great feast and he pulled his boat up beyond the farthest of them and he walked then from the deck of boat to the deck of the next boat until he walked his way to the shore and when he came to the house of the king of the floods it was crowded it was a wonderful feast going on inside and he slipped in the doors unnoticed and unheeded among the throng of people. And he watched a while, wondering how he was going to get his hands on this cauldron of plenty. And then he called out to the king of the floods, and he said, It's no welcome you're giving to strangers in your house. I've been here an hour, and no one's offered me so much as a drink. The King of the Floods was abashed to have this lack of hospitality pointed out to him and so he ordered his servants to bring his cauldron of plenty to this stranger until he would eat his fill. And as soon as the lad of the skins had the cauldron of plenty in his hand he turned and he ran out the door back to the beach, back across the decks of all the other ships, back to his own boat. And he was getting ready to set sail back to Ireland when he paused and he thought to himself, that wasn't really fair, was it? It felt wrong, like, just to steal the cauldron of plenty, the great treasure that it was, out from under the nose of the King of the Floods without giving him any opportunity to get it back or to fight for it. And so the lad of the skins turned around and walked back to the house of the King of the Floods, who by now had assembled his army. 
And when the lad of the skin saw the army, he thought, see, now this is how it should go. And so he went through the army and out the other side and around it again till he came back to the bay and back to the boat and back to the cauldron. And now he felt all right about it because he'd won it fair and square. And the king of the floods had had every opportunity to fight back for it. And he sailed then back to Ireland and brought the cauldron of plenty to Fionn McCool. And Fionn judged that he had passed the test set for him, bringing back this great treasure to him, which would be of such benefit to the Fianna and the people of Ireland. And so Fionn decided to leave his servant to his own devices as much as he needed. Now it was some time after that Fionn McCool was bathing in a well and as he was bathing the water in the well rose up as if it was going to flood out the top of it but instead a voice spoke up out of the water and the voice said Fionn McCool you have the cauldron of plenty and by rights it belongs to the king of the floods and he has demanded that you give it back to him or you come and you face him and you give him battle for it now Fionn had no intention of giving back the cauldron of plenty if he could help it but he knew the king of the floods was no easy enemy to face so he went to the lad of the skins who had faced him before and asked him if he would come with him not as a servant but as an equal to face the king of the floods and the lad of the skin said well now if it's not an order but an invitation I have to tell you that I can't say yes because you see it's my wife that makes the decisions for the pair of us and I don't know if she's going to like that idea. Me going off into a battle with you. Especially when it's a battle that I've already won. At great personal risk, mind you. And besides, I'm nearly at the end of my year of service. And I think she wanted to go somewhere else after this. But Sean looked so downcast at his refusal that the lad of the skins considered. And he said... Well now, if you were to watch over me and my wife this evening and you were to wait till she picks up her comb and starts combing her hair and if you were to ask her as she's combing her hair if you were to ask her for a favour as the daughter of Mananon MacLear she would have no power to refuse you at that time. And Fionn said, sorry, she's the daughter of Mananon MacLear? And the lad of the skin said, yeah, yeah, she is, yeah. Did you not know? So Fionn McCool watched, and Fionn McCool waited. He watched over the young couple all that evening. 
And when the daughter of Mananon MacLear began to comb her hair out, he asked her, Will you let your husband, the lad of the skins, come with me to challenge the king of the floods for the cauldron of plenty? And she put her comb down and she gave him a long, level look. And had he been any man but Fionn of the Fianna, he might have wilted before it. And she said, since you ask at this time, I have no power to refuse you. But do me a favour in return, and bring him back to me. Bring him back alive, preferably, but if you cannot bring him back alive, bring him back dead. And fly a flag on your ship, so that I'll know if you're bringing him back living, fly a grey-green flag. And if you're bringing him back dead, fly a red one. And Fiona agreed to her terms. And she gave her permission. And the next day, Fionn McCool and the Lad of the Skins set off. They went to the shore, and he struck two sticks together that became a boat. And the two of them stepped into it and sailed off for the country of the King of the Floods. And once they were there for the confrontation, between the two of them they made short work of the armies of the King of the Floods. And they went back to their boat to sail back to Ireland with their spirits high. But on the way, they intercepted another ship. And when the lad of the skin saw it, he became very pale. He said to Fionn, I think that ship belongs to an old enemy of mine. And he wanted to marry my wife, the daughter of Mananon MacLear, but she refused him and she chose me. And he swore he'd kill me if he ever got the chance. And as the lad of the skins was explaining this to Fionn McCool, he heard a shout from the other ship. A warrior striding towards them. And he called out, Son of the King of the Hills, I know you. In spite of your dress, I know you. And you will face me now. And that warrior leapt from the deck of his ship to the boat where Fionn and the Lad of the Skins were on. And he and the Lad of the Skins fell to fighting. And if it were an ordinary fight, Fionn McCool might have tried to intervene, but it was not. As they fought, they changed shape. First, they changed and shrank to little boys wrestling at the bottom of the boat. And as they wrestled, they grew up into strong young men and then they grew old and withered until they shrank back down again. And they shrank and they shifted and they changed into the shape of puppies snarling and snapping and yipping at each other. And the puppies grew into great hounds circling and growling and then old dogs, bent and withered and grey. And then lunging at each other, they turned into two 
young foals, barely able to fit on the boat. And the foals reared and clashed and grew into horses until they were old, withered, weary horses. And then they changed again. And it was in this form, this final shape, in the shape of birds, that they pecked one another to death. And both of them fell at the feet of Fionn Macool. Fionn picked up the bird that had been the lad of the skins and he put him safely in the bow of the ship and he picked up the bird that had been his rival and he threw that bird into the waves and he watched it sink and then he set sail for Ireland but he remembered to raise the red flag And when he came to Ireland's shore, there, waiting for him, was the daughter of Mananon MacLear. He stepped out of the boat, and it became two sticks again. And he handed the bird to the woman. He told her he was sorry. She thanked him for bringing her husband back. And she took two sticks out of her skins. She struck them together and they became a new boat, small and elegant and fast. And the daughter of Mananon MacLear stepped into it. And without oars or sails, the boat obeyed her will. She sailed off into the west with the bird that had been her husband clasped to her. And Fionn watched her go. And he thought he would never know. The daughter of Mananon MacLear was determined. Determined to find a way to bring her husband back. And she sailed through the islands of the other world, filled with their wonders and their terrors, all their dangers and all their treasures. But she could not find a way to bring her husband back to life. At last, she saw a strange creature flying through the sky. It looked clumsy lopsided and altogether wrong and she turned her boat towards it her little vessel without oar or sail that obeyed only her will and she saw it was not one flying creature but two birds bearing between them in their claws the body of a third and she followed them, led only by her own intuition. She followed them across the sky until they flew to a tiny island, and from a distance she saw that three birds took flight from that island, where two birds and the dead bird had landed. 
But when she landed her boat on that island, she could see nothing on it. No healing well, no spring, no fountain of youth, nothing that looked magical at all. Only one little shrub with green leaves on it. It was a straggly enough looking thing. But seeing nothing else, she plucked the green leaves from the shrub and she put them over the body of the bird that had once been her husband. She waited. And when nothing happened, she turned her head away and wept. And then she felt a hand, warm on her shoulder. And she looked up into the face of the son of the king of the hills. The husband she had chosen. The husband she had brought back. The Lad of the Skins became a story that Fionn would tell from time to time. Although it always bothered him. There was so much of it that it was a mystery to him still. One evening, there was a knock at the door, and Fionn himself went to answer it, for he was not expecting anyone that night. And when he called out to ask who it was, the answer came, it's one who demands his wages. And Fionn said, ah, I don't owe any wages to anybody. The only person who ever served me and didn't collect his wage is the lad of the skins. And I wish he was alive to collect it. But he's dead now, and dead a long time. But he opened the door as he spoke. And he saw before him the lad of the skins. And beside him the daughter of Mananon. And the joy in Fionn's heart was great as he welcomed the couple in. He gave them a feast and a celebration. Conan Whale came up to Fionn McCool at that feast and he said, would you not ask the lad of the skins to join the Fianna now? He's proven himself. He's a great warrior. We could use a lad like him. And Fionn said no. Come on now, Conan. No one's ever asked to join the Fianna. It's a path chosen freely, or not at all. And he saw the two of them off the next day, as they walked down to the shore. And each of them picked up a stick, and they struck it together. And the boat that was made, they stepped into, together. And whatever adventures they sailed off into, they sailed into them, together. This podcast was produced and edited by Oshin Ryan, story by Aaron and Sarika Hegarty sourced from Lady Gregory's Gods and Fighting Men, with music by Oshin Ryan.
You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Candlelit Tales, and for videos, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel. You can even do that right now. I'll wait. Liking and subscribing to our channels really helps us grow and helps us get these stories to more people. If you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. We'll be talking about this story on a live stream this Saturday. Check out our social media for details on that. And seriously, like and subscribe right now. We'd really like to hear back from you with any questions you may have, so please contact us directly or leave your question in the comment section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there and share them with as many people as possible. So we really appreciate anything you can do to help. And we especially appreciate you listening. <laughs>